Kia ora, this is The Detail, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today, trans-Tasman honey battles. The Aussies are trying to promote themselves as the owners of the Manuka honey brand. What's all the buzz about Manuka honey? Well, Manuka honey is one of nature's premium superfoods. That is wrong culturally. That is a type of economic larceny. Australia has 83 species of leptospermum. New Zealand only has one, so we can produce Manuka honeys of the same or more activity than the Manuka that's coming from New Zealand. We're incredibly worried that the Australians internationally are filching New Zealand's property rights. New Zealand producers argue that Manuka is a Maori word and that their honey is unique. And they say Australian producers are lazily and fraudulently ripping off the term. Manuka is indigenous to New Zealand. Manuka represents a chance to expand jobs and wealth in regional parts of New Zealand. And if the Crown doesn't step up and work constructively with our Manuka partners, there's a strong prospect that other international players will wander away uh, with the guts of the prize. The guts of the prize is worth hundreds of millions of dollars globally. It usually sells for $400 a kilo, but a 230-gram jar of the True Honey brand is now selling for $2,724 at the London luxury store Harrods. Last week, the New Zealand government gave nearly $6 million to a campaign to stop Australian beekeepers selling their products as Manuka Honey. The Manuka Honey Appalachian Society will spend the money on securing international property rights. At the same time, there's a push to trademark Manuka honey in China and shut Australia out of the market, a market worth $100 million and growing. New Zealand's attempt to trademark the term Manuka honey has now widened into a bid to block Australian producers from marketing the lucrative product into China. I wanted to get the Australian side of things, so I called Paul Callender in Perth. I have total respect for what New Zealand does with your products. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's rugby or you know, boats or agriculture and wine. I have complete respect for what you do, but you need to understand a lot of people over there don't seem to understand that this plant has been here producing honey that's documented for a very, very long time. Calendar's the founder of honey producer Manuka Life. It's a company that's not only using New Zealand Manuka already in its breeding program, it's promoting it. The Kings Park Breeding Program has the best collection of leptospermum genetics in the world. We've sourced varieties from New Zealand and all over Australia to allow us to deliver the goals of larger flowers, extended flowering, arid zone tolerance and importantly methyl glyoxal content in the honey that's produced from these plants. Yeah, we have uh, plant breeding programs funded by the Federal Australian Government to create elite genetics for plantations that we're developing and we're producing products and exporting them. And you're calling it Manuka honey? Absolutely. And have you always called it that? Always. For since, for how long? Um, I guess, sorry, my other role is Chairman of the Australian Manuka Honey Association, so... Um, we we collectively have been exporting Manuka honey for over a decade. To... Globally. Oh, really? Globally. Absolutely. And calling it Australian Manuka honey? Yes, it comes from the same plant that you have, and uh, it's uh, it's been tested just the way you test it, and it's exactly the same DNA and chemical markers, and, you know, as 
at the 2016 Apicultural Conferences, the findings that were presented there in New Zealand was that the two origin of Manuka honey were identical, which is the same as an article in 2018 commissioned by the New Zealand Ministry of Primary Industries stating that Australian Manuka honey was indistinguishable from New Zealand Manuka. So, yeah, we've been exporting it a long time. So that tree, is that an Australian native? Absolutely. It's been here for over two centuries. We've got documented geographical, historical references to relating to honey. Okay, well that's really interesting because obviously here we consider Manuka honey to be New Zealand honey. I understand that and we've been trying to reach out to New Zealand to show them and talk to them about collaborating what we've been doing for a long time with multiple universities around Australia in developing the Manuka industry and we've asked, we think partnerships are a much better way to go than fighting about a term and I think there's a lot to be gained through that but unfortunately the MHAS specifically has declined our offers. Paul, just going back a bit, you said that the tree has been in Australia for two centuries. So was yeah, it so, was it so brought that, to Australia from New Zealand? No, it was the other way around. So it's gone from Australia to New Zealand, and again we've got documented evidence of that. It's a native. That's that's the earliest that's the earliest documentation that we've got. So um, you know, it's it's uh, we've got. You know, specific examples of geography and history of, and where it is. And and just remind me, how long have you been making Manuka honey in Australia? Oh, it's over a decade for, you know, I think somewhere between 10 and 20 years. What, what kind of honey were you making before that? I mean, how did you figure out that Manuka honey was a thing to be produced if the Manuka tree has been there for two centuries? Well, I, I guess, you know, in the evidence that we've submitted in the uh, UK and New Zealand CTM applications. We've got that documented, so I'm going to leave that question alone. Okay. But it's, it is a bit confusing for us because obviously Manuka honey has been made for quite some time. How long, how long would that be, Sharon? I don't know, actually. I should check, All shouldn't right. I, Paul? Do you think it's only a decade for New Zealand as well? Well... You need to understand, a lot of people over there don't seem to understand that this plant has been here producing honey that's documented for a very, very long time. So okay. I, 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 think, I think there's an education process we'd like to share with people that want to listen uh, about you know, the, the actual science behind this. And so has Australia been making manuka honey, do you think, before New Zealand? I'm not sure if it's before or after Sharon, but mm. um, it certainly is referenced as Manuka honey a long, long time ago coming out of here. And was it always called Manuka there? Far back as we can see, yep. Is that right? So it's not a Māori name. We thought it was a Māori name. Well, I think if you've got the, um, uh, what do you call it, acronym above the A, yes. it, certainly, it certainly indicates a Māori name, but we don't use that. Right, okay. All right, now tell me, are you aware of this latest announcement that the government is allocating nearly $6 million to a campaign to stop Australian beekeepers marketing their products as Manuka honey? Yeah, absolutely. So our federal government's looking at that now. And what what does that mean? 
I, I wouldn't know, Sharon. I guess we'll, uh, we'll come back to you on that. So are you expecting some kind of response from the government? It's not a private matter anymore. If it's taken uh, the government um, legally binding documents of you know, support for the MHAS in this uh, application for a CTM and now they're funding it, it's certainly not a private matter. No, so you are trade you're, agreements with New Zealand. So um, you, this this has changed completely. Right. I mean, what I'm reading here in the story, the funding announcement follows the government giving its support to an industry push to trademark Manuka honey in China and shut Australia out of the market. Is that a concern? Um, yeah, I think that's a concern. So we've, we, you know, we're engaged with our federal government to see um, what the response is. What kind of response are you hoping for? I think we'll just wait and see, Sharon. Okay. It's a shame that it's come to this. The collaboration that could be between the two countries is enormous, has enormous potential, and this is a. Uh, this is an interesting position to take. I guess New Zealand honey producers are worried that. Australia is going to take their market and what they have built up over the years and the job potential, that kind of thing, that they're going to lose that to Australia? Um, and hence the suggestion of collaboration would make a lot of sense. What kind of yep. response have you had from New Zealand? Um, from the MHAS in particular... Uh, very negative responses and uh, at the moment we're being told we're fraudulent and and potentially stealing something and I think those words have to be very carefully used. As the head of the Australian Manuka Honey Association, what would you say is the general feeling from members of your association about this move by New Zealand? I think we've been partners and neighbours and, you know, been to war together and there's some serious opportunities to work together, so we just feel a bit frustrated. Well, I'm going to talk to your New Zealand equivalent and see what they have to say about it. That sounds great, Sharon. I'm not sure I've got an equivalent in New Zealand. Well, I mean, the, well, there's the Manuka Honey Appalachian Society, I suppose. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard of them. <laughs> what does that mean? Not much. We, we've... we've, we've, we've positively tried to engage on the collaboration front with them and unfortunately they've turned us down. With the Appalachian Society? Yep, directly. Have you? And anybody else in New Zealand? Yeah, not everybody agrees with what they're doing so we are uh, working with other organisations in New Zealand and uh, that are very um, open, transparent and honest with us and, and agree with what we're doing. Oh, and who is that? What organisation? I'm not free to disclose that. So the, the the other thing is we've got support from international companies as well. So um, it's not just uh, Australia. And which international companies is that? Uh, I'll leave that alone as well. Okay. All right. Thank you, Paul. Nice to talk to Pleasure. you. Okay. Pleasure, Sharon. All Thanks right. For your time. Bye. Bye bye. Listening to that with me is John. Rawcliffe of the Manuka Honey Appalachian Society. John, Australia just want to work together. Why can't honey producers on both sides of the Tasman work together on this? And we do, 100%. Um, we want to do it on the basis of being true to label and uh, true to science. And on that basis, yes, we must work together. But they're the two principles that the consumer demands internationally, and that's what we have to meet.
So I'm very confused about that yeah. because my understanding is that the New Zealand Manuka honey uh, producers are working on a way of getting international trademarks on Manuka honey and they have the backing of the government. It's putting millions of dollars into this to try and shut Australian honey producers out of places like China. That's where I've got to disagree with you. It's not shutting Australia out. It's ensuring that the consumer is getting a product that they have previously purchased, recognise and should continue to do so. So it's a truthful labelling situation. It's actually a certification mark that says two things. One, it is Manuka and two, it's from New Zealand. Manuka is a Māori word, no question about that. Uh, Paul has actually changed his view several times. Uh, one, he first came out and said that it's an Aboriginal word, and then they've accepted it is now a Māori word. And then in his interview, he was ambivalent over it. So let's get the story straight. Uh, also get it straight um, that this is about ensuring that the consumer gets Manuka honey from Leptospermum scoparium. Now, the Australian position is to bind all the other species there into one. So they're calling Leptospermum polyfolium, all the all these plants that are uniquely different into one basket now. So they're mushing up the whole story just for an economic reason so they could sell more. And the poor consumer is going to miss out. Uh, why does the poor consumer miss out? Because Leptospermum scoparium is totally different in New Zealand than Australia, and I'll explain that later. But not only that, they're calling all the other Leptospermums Manuk, and they are completely different. Because they say that they have more than 80 species of it, don't they? And New Zealand only has one species. Yes, and it's like calling every dog a dingo. And that's and the Queen's not amused about that because she prefers corgis than dingoes. To put it bluntly, they are misleading the consumer by calling all those other species. Some of them have this property, some of them have other properties. All of them are nuka because it's an easy route to the market and the consumer will get misled. But they're saying that they have the scientific research to say that they are exactly the same. New Zealand manuka honey and Australian manuka honey, as they call it, have the same DNA. Paul quoted from a conference in New Zealand in 2016. Mm. I can show you the video of that conference. It's on my computer here. I can show you the words. The bottom line is Dr Peter Brooks stands and says, here is Leptospermum scoparium from Australia. Here's Leptospermum scoparium from New Zealand. That has a different marker, and it's tenfold different, that marker. So scientifically, it is a completely separate plant. Number two is that the DNA is two steps different. We've been apart such a long time, the DNA is different. They're also arguing that when it's used for for health purposes, it has the same properties. It, It has some of the same properties. It doesn't have all of the same properties. Are the properties as beneficial? Uh, some of the other properties that are higher within New Zealand Leptospermum scoparium, from the research that he quotes, is higher in anti-inflammatory uh, properties from New Zealand Leptospermum scoparium. So that's in the research. So it's, one, it is a Māori word. It's a totally different plant. It's from a different environment. It's not a totally different plant, though, is it? Because... I mean, they're saying that it's a native to Australia, and what I've read is that Manuka actually originated in Tasmania and blew over to New Zealand. Leptospermum scoparium, yes, originated there, and we it either blew over or we split, and when Gondwana land 
we, we separated. Mm. And again, from that point on, which was millions and millions and millions and millions of years ago, there's obviously been an evolutionary process that's gone on. But if we also stand back and say, okay, just because it's the same vine or the same plant. Now, I can't go to Champagne, grab a vine, plant it in the middle of Queen Street and say that is champagne if I get some grapes off in it. I mean, it's just as a ridiculous argument. The bottom line is I want, as a producer and a seller of honey or a buyer of honey, they want the journey of the land, they want the journey of the person behind it, they, they want the journey of the culture that represents it. When I purchase that honey, that's that journey I want to do. The same as I purchase a bottle of Scotch whiskey. I want to know, it's Lafroig, I want to know exactly where it's come from. I look it up on a map. I want to know the flavour of the soil and that within it. That's the journey I want with that Scotch whisky. I want the same with this honey. Now, if we are very keen on collaboration on those core principles. So Australia has great honeys. Australia's got a great story and a great position, but it's not the New Zealand position. And they've got a, a language. They have their own indigenous language. They've got, they can use English if they so wish. Yeah. But it's that separation of joy that the consumer wants. Now, if the international honey industry is going to survive and be above a basic sugar price, we need to give the consumer those journeys. And by protecting the term manuka honey enables the consumer to have that journey. If you are successful in this protection, the international protection of manuka honey as a name, will it mean that the Australians will be able to sell their manuka honey in China, for example, and call it manuka honey? The answer is no, but I believe it's healthier that they don't for an economic reason, and that is they have a different journey and a special journey, and they should express that with different terms. What should they call it then? Um, they used to call it Jelly Bush. They could call it that. They could create a, a brilliant name. They should put. We should be all putting our resources towards that journey and understanding the core values and the science behind it, and that's good collaboration based on truth of labelling. That's oh, the key. It's not what the Australians want, though, is it? Well, if you're on the issues, money matters, you know, let's just take it and run with it because it's a short way to market. So they don't have that brand recognition for oh, no. their Manuka no. honey? No, they don't. It seems to me like this is quite urgent, isn't it? I mean, Shane Jones is saying Australia's hot on our tail. Not just Australia, Portugal is there. Yes, well, uh, there was a, um, I gave a presentation um, a couple of months ago where this uh, a company in Serbia grabbed a New Zealand document that had everything about how to grow manuka honey, how to plant, how to put the seeds, how to harvest, how to collect and all the economics. Wow, so how quickly does this need to happen then? It needs to happen immediately. So if you're successful, it will mean that no other country can use the word manuka? And rightly so, mm. yes. Are you confident of being successful? It's a long journey. Uh, the Scotch Whiskey Association, I think, started in 1990 back there to get protect you know, Scotch whisky. They really put a big um, legal effort, I think, starting in about 1950. They fought a hard battle, but now it's $7 billion worth of trade out of Scotland for that whisky. And you could say we've got a similar position, although it's honey with, without the alcohol. Hmm. They call it mead. You know, you get that foundation right, you get your infrastructure right, you see this as IP, the same as road or a bridge or anything else, as a New Zealand infrastructure, and then you enable the, re the people to tell their story, then yes, that's the future. 
And and I and that's the passion behind that. When you see a beekeeper have a visitor from Japan, and it's business to business, and they take you know thousands of bottles, take it back to Japan and sell it through their shops, and it's selling that New Zealand story. We've got to protect that. This is about jobs. This is about their story. It's we've got an environment that suits this manuka plant. And there's a bigger picture. There's manuka, there's kanuka, there's riri, there's bahutika. We have these amazing plants that all need names, need to be protected. We have this brilliant story for beekeepers to advance their position. So can we just go back a bit? I mean, the, the manuka honey story, when did it start in New Zealand? Um, believe it or not, the first use of the term manuka honey, which is the Māori term by a European, was Captain James Cook and Banks when he came to New Zealand, his first visit. So he saw that plant... And he recognised in Banks in his writings and it's in Te Papa where they've got the cutting, the original cutting, that says this is Manuka. So they used the Māori word that was to this plant. So that was the first ever European recognition of it. But then you've got the, the Māori used it um, as the plant itself as a medicine right back at the beginning. Also used it, with, they used to harden the stick um, because it became you know, good as a fighting stick and so forth. So um, it's been around as part of the culture, part of the history from year dot. So make it clear, the, the word actually shifted to Australia for various reasons. In 1866, a horse went over to run the Melbourne Cup called Manuka. Broke a leg or something, didn't get into the race. But we shifted the word over to Australia. Um, some guy in Canberra wanted, Griffin I think his name was, wanted to name a street so we could be part of the federation years ago and called it Manuka. There is one point. Um, yep. we, we got a ruling in the UK market and the Australians uh, put in opposition to it. And the ruling, it's significant. It says manuka is a Māori word. It says it's a badge of origin from New Zealand. And it says it would be inappropriate for anyone to use to apply that term if it's not from New Zealand and it's not manuka. And that's a ruling from overseas recognising a language, an official New Zealand language. That's, that's pretty good. That's the detail for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Adrian Holley and produced by Mark Jennings. Our associate producer is Kathaki Masalamani. Mā te wā. 